0: We've made it to episode 4 of the Daddy Leave Diaries with me, Jeremy Davis, from the Fatherhood Institute and Mark Gatto, who's sharing the story of juggling work and caregiving in his new baby's first year. In this episode, recorded just after Father's Day in June 2022, Mark talks about how he's been managing to keep up with his work as a university lecturer and we discussed the challenge of playing second fiddle to mum in the first few months of fatherhood.
1: Hi, Mark. Hi, Jeremy. I'm OK, thank you. A little bit okay. under the weather, but um, surviving. <laughs> thank OK, you. Well, are you, have you not been well? Yeah, a bit of a cold... Yeah, so it uh, always makes things a little bit more challenging with, with the young family when you're not feeling at your best. But uh, it, doing okay.
0: It does. It does. So how was your father's day?
1: It was good, thank you. Yeah, it was nice to have a sunny day because um, uh, I think uh, we'd had a couple of nights of our daughter being a bit sniffly. So uh, she had some interrupted sleep. Which um many new parents will be very familiar with. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it was nice to at least have the sunshine to distract us mm. from the fatigue for Seth. No, it was lovely. Um and nice to sort of spend the day and think about just focusing on family time. So that was that was really nice.
0: So so she's she must be pretty kind of
1: interactive by now. Yeah, she is. And when she's not teething, she's quite a happy. I've little, got She's teething uh, already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've had uh, about three weeks now. Uh, just, it's quite early. Um, mm. um, Our son was the same as well. Um, So, yeah, that's always not very nice because there's not much you can do to help them mm. other than mm. you know, ice things, you know, the, the freezable yeah. toys and. Toys and just have to almost suffer. and You suffer with them when they're mm. when they're like that. So um, yeah, we're yeah. Sort of desperately hoping for the, the breach of, of teeth, <laughs> so that <it's, laughs> if we get beyond this phase. Um, the last yeah, couple yeah. of days, it's a bit better. So, fingers crossed. That's a, a good sign. Um,
0: uh, and uh, and how's the breastfeeding going? It's a that's lot been better. A um, yeah, 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 thankfully.
1: I don't know if I' mentioned last time we ended up going to a like a breastfeeding consultant um which mm-hmm. is an American um model of accreditation and they were okay. the ones who finally identified where the problem was mm. and how to kind of fix it um, mm. it still took a little while to fully resolve but Once it did, it was just, you know, psychologically a massive relief. So um, Mm, mm. it's been much better for quite a while now. So that's that's brilliant, to be honest. The difference in terms of the weight that lifts when you're not worrying about that every day—it's just, yeah, it's hard to explain how much better it is. So uh, Mm, yeah, mm. I'm glad to report that it's positive news on that front. Good. I've been working a lot from home. Um mm-hmm. kind of I think a lot of people probably have had that um benefit of the ongoing kind of pandemic hybrid working that they, can if if they have that type of job. So I'm I'm a lecturer but I didn't have much teaching this term. Mm-hmm. Um, so really I've only been in a couple of times for teaching and the rest of it I've been able to do um Sort of remotely with um, online meetings and email and so on. Um, Mm -hmm. So I have a a pastoral role where I look after um, on a course, so that can mostly be done online. Um, Obviously, if we need to, we go in and see them as well. But uh, Mm -hmm. that's been really, um, and I have been. I've often thought about how hard it would have been to go back in. and be away from Holly and our our little daughter um, for an extended period of time, you know, the the classic nine to five. That would be a a really difficult thing to... So, yeah, I think I feel very lucky to have this type of job. and I do feel for those who don't have that and have to to leave and go to work. um, Mm. And and how are you finding the... um
0: how do you combine the work and the caregiving sort of in your yeah. head if you like how do, how are you um, managing to keep on top of
1: both things it's a it's a very fluid arrangement I try and apply really um, I tend to try and work in in a as flexible a way as I can. I've gotten into a habit of waking up quite early. I mean, obviously having a baby helps with that. Uh, mm. but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, <laughs> a natural alarm, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, um, I've i tried to wake up a bit earlier because I take my son to nursery on um, four days a week um, mm-hmm. to try and get a bit of work done before he wakes up, which then, gives me that bit more flexibility during the day um I tend to view it as um well I'm in the house and naturally in a workplace you'd have breaks you would have you know we'd go for a drink like a Mm. a coffee or you'd you know have a chat with a colleague or something so I tend to view it a bit like that whereas I I have some natural break points in the day you know obviously I have some lunch or go make a coffee or something so that me opportunities to be involved. Um, mm. Holly would obviously be because on maternity leave, so she's the, the first line of defence. <laughs> um, in those terms, um, but I'm more than happy, and I have done many sort of stepping in and helping when when needs be, and just to you know change an appy here or you know, get the door when someone's there, or just just little things mm. where you can mm. make. It, make a little bit easier as much as possible. Um, mm. There are times when I'm literally, you know, so I can't do those things, but if I can, I do try and do that. Mm. So, yeah, again, I'm just benefiting a lot from the flexible working and I suppose the trust. Yeah. I think the trust's very important. I don't feel like I'm being you know, monitored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing the things that I need to do and doing it in a way that works. Um, and you know jobs that I, the type of job that I have means I can do that. Um, so that's that's great. Um, but yeah, there are times when it's if you're not feeling very well like like I am today and I was yesterday, so that's very to do both because um, it takes a mm. lot of energy just to do one of those things that you're not feeling well uh, mm. I was having a conversation with Holly about the fact that normally. Just in the evening, you know, just go to bed early <laughs> and, uh, try yes. and get some sleep. But obviously, that's not as much of an option. Um, so you just have to sort of fight through it. Um, and then that's the case yeah. with lots of parents, I think. But uh, you know, that balance between caring and work, I mean, I, I've always thought about, and this is true with um, my son as well, you know, this is a, you only get this time once, really. And uh, yeah. I've always thought i'm going to as much as possible prioritize being able to interact with them um and if that means i'm not able to physically go in as much as you know sometimes it is it is nice to interact with colleagues in face-to-face scenarios and i i've done that a couple of times in in recent weeks but uh i've really tried to prioritize seeing my my young children as much as i can um yeah. When you think about this, there's always talk of the first thousand days of being very important, you know, and I think that's something I've been very conscious of. Um, and it's great that you get that chance, because I, I suppose it, it's... Mm. Um,
0: of course, that I, I suppose there are jobs where uh, there is no alternative, I suppose, to mm. uh, being out of the home within certain hours, which happen to be the hours where your child is going to be awake. Mm, mm. But even, I suppose, if even in those kind of jobs, I've always thought it ought to be possible to organise the structure of the working day such that uh, sometimes, at least, men can Um, access their children you know just for even if it's just for a short amount of time but just Mm. acknowledging that that all of that stuff you're talking about yeah matters and and it and it, it you know like I I like when you were talking about how you juggle things some of those little things you mentioned like making lunch, mm. op- opening the door for a mm. delivery or whatever. Mm. Those are exactly the kind of things that if you're a, a parent on their own all yeah. day with a baby mm. or more than one, those little things it can blow your day to pieces. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? And so yeah. having um, b- having a bit of flexibility to for... The other parent to mm. p- pitch in a bit. It seems to me is is qu- is pretty basic, and uh, we ought to be all of us kind of get, getting access to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't agree with you more. Really, I think there are certain where it is a lot more challenging than others. I mean, I think of you know mm. people in in the NHS. They're, they're, I think that would be a lot more difficult to achieve and teachers mm-hmm. as well. and the, the, you know, the, the, the whole job is being physically present. But I yeah. think there are other jobs um, where that should be possible. Um, and obviously, I think that the pandemic I did. is that um, mass scale um, testing ground for this type of working. Um, and I think there have been obvious benefits to that. And I've spoken to to other fathers. So I think, I would hope anyway, that more of this type of working can be enabled. Um, Mm. Obviously, you see the way the government talks about um, the return to work and the importance of being physically in the office. Um, Mm. And that's obviously a good step really from that. And I hope that organisations and uh, different types of employers can see the holistic benefit of uh, having their staff members being able to choose um, Mm -hmm. how and where they work and and sometimes there'll be times when they want to be physically in the office and there might be ways of arranging that and as you say it doesn't have to be the whole time but having perhaps arranged times in a week where you can be more flexible that would I think make a huge difference to a lot of A lot of parents, a lot of fathers, especially who are typically those who return to work early. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean,
0: how is so? Holly is now uh,
1: is still on maternity leave. How much longer has she got? She is due to officially return at start of August, Um, and that's when I'm technically on. I'm I'm going to be shared parental leave until January. I've arranged it. I lead into it with some annual leave. Um, and that's primarily financial reasons, to be honest. I think it's well publicised how poor pay is. Yeah. So um, there mm-hmm. the, are the pure practical reasons. For using as much annual leave to start off that process but she when she she will be doing research in a, in a phd so normally her substantive role is as a doctor and she would mm. therefore be going to the hospital i think if she was going to be doing that we wouldn't be doing the way we are um okay just because she's breastfeeding and wants to continue being able to do that as much as possible during the day um, mm. and obviously if she was expected to be physically in the hospital that just wouldn't be possible. Um, mm. That's not to say it, it should be or shouldn't it, 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 there should be arrangements in the workplace to support that but we know that that isn't the case certainly mm. at the hospital she works at but and it's more a nature of the job as well and the culture of the job. So, but I think there are other jobs where there's similar problems with just not having the adequate facilities. So because that she can work flexibly from August, that has meant that we could make this decision to, to share it quite equally. Um, yeah. Because she can still take moments in the day to, to breastfeed and to be in contact. Um, and I think that's very important for, for her well-being as well, as well as our daughter's well-being. It's that, that kind of connection, maintaining that for as mm-hmm. long as, yeah, I think it would be diff- It would have been different. I know it would have been if it wasn't for this situation. That was part of our decision was the fact mm-hmm. that we knew we could be flexible around that um, and both be present, really.
0: So, I mean, in, in a sense, it, you're, you're like a case study of, you're kind of like the perfect or as perfect as can be scenario in the sense yes. that oh, yeah. you, uh, you're both around with one, i.e. now Holly, taking the sort of lead role no. and you in the support role. And then what yeah. you're going to do is both be around, but shift yes. who's in the lead.
1: That's right.
0: Which couldn't be better, well, really. Oh yeah, we. From, I mean, we. From the t- from the baby's point of view,
1: yeah, who, that's who, what is, we hope. who
0: will yeah. be getting. Uh, who will be, you know, understanding, and experiencing, two. Uh, very strong attachments mm. simultaneously.
1: Yeah, that's definitely, that was what we hoped and planned for. Um, Holly obtaining funding to do her research was quite an important deciding factor in, in whether we mm-hmm. could do it this way. Um, mm-hmm. Work this way is, is the reason we can do it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so like many other parents, I think if we'd been in a different position, it would have been a, a, a much. It, we probably would have tried to do some ex, some sort of shared parental leave, but it wouldn't have been in this way. It would have been uh, some sort of synchronous approach. Um, yes.
0: So that, I think that's where. It... And, I guess, and I guess in most families, one one of the casualties of that, or or the the danger it is anyway, that one of the casualties, is the is the father's bond with. Yes the baby
1: that's right yeah
0: that's what that's what it seems to me uh gets
1: sacrificed most of the time definitely i think there's always that sense of prioritization and uh, to a great extent uh, i i understand that i think um you've got the first few months where it's absolutely vital that the mother has time to um from from birth so Mm-hmm. I think, that, and and you know, if they if they're choosing, then that's it, it's very hard to do that and be at work. So that's when a father typically would take the back seat, uh, especially when it comes to a practical decision. Who is physically present? Um, I, I can see that most people have to make that call, but it's a really, mm-hmm. you know, a form. I think that that. We accept this. Um, really, if you think about human nature, I don't think it's the case that fathers are just in the background and not, and that's healthy for, mm, mm. for both the father, the mother, or the child. So I think mm. we've got into this pattern in the world of work. Where it's become mm. normal for over decades and centuries that we do it this way, and it's, I think, it's increasingly becoming clear that we we should rethink that. Um,
0: yes, and yeah. it, it's it it feels like uh, it's one of those stories we tell ourselves mm. that this this is somehow uh, the natural. That's a human experience, yeah. And in fact, it's it's a it's a typical experience of uh, humans in a certain uh, space and time. Mm. Um, you know, it's about it's about living in a modern industrialized That's economy. It. You know, it's mm-hmm. not that. Um, I think lots of people. Think that uh, you know the mother taking the lead or being the sole carer is is somehow the natural state. Yeah. But yeah. you know, there's lots of evidence to suggest that that's not actually the case.
1: Mm. Yeah. Absolutely, I think um, we've come to just internalize this separation mm. as part of this. Yeah, as you say, the story that we tell ourselves about. What we can expect from parenthood and I think that I'm pleased to more talk about involved fathers and and celebrating fathers being involved and wanting to be involved I think that's I think trying to normalize that conversation um, mm. and once that it becomes easier to justify a change um and and you know, it might be incremental steps at first, but th- th- those steps are the the steps towards, you know, really supporting both parents being more involved. Mm. So, yeah, that's the that's, kind of the utopian ideal I sort of cling onto in my head, but... Uh, <laughs> I think you're all, living it, you're living it, yeah.
0: <laughs> So, I mean, in, in, terms of how, in terms of how it actually, uh, how it works in your head and in your heart, I suppose, mm. um, how are you experiencing at this stage that you're at? So with a baby who is, how, how many months old now? Just turned four months. Just turned four months. Mm. So at four months, how what's your assessment of uh your uh attachment with the baby compared to holly's i'm interested to see
1: yeah
0: you know to what extent are you, are you like
1: second fiddle right now mm. Mm. it's a it's a really good question because i i definitely early on a difference in the level of attachment with our daughter compared to our son, who's now three. Mm. Um, I was quite involved early on, involved primarily because Holly was um, recovering from a bit more of a trauma. So I did quite a lot early on, and I think that did um, contribute to a really strong bond very early on. Mm. Um, whereas this time round, I've been a bit more in the kind of traditional second fiddle role. Um, Mm. um, And I've only, I would say in the last month, I've really started to notice the fruits of being present um, Mm. and the bond increasing. So I get Mm. uh, more of the smiles and recognition and and I'm able to comfort her easily. Well, not not easily. (laughs) That's a (laughs) lie. You've got a chance yeah it's not just total rejection yeah. um I, yeah. I can rock her and then then that actually does settle her so, you know compared to if for example the grandparents do it i i feel like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at an advantage um yeah and i think that's um that's because i've been present mm-hmm. consistently there um i think that's definitely been a cumulative effect um I've been really aware of it in the last mm. month or so, um, which has been lovely. To be honest, I've really, mm. really enjoyed seeing her sort of recognise me and smile. You know, that's just yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, the price on it really. So it's uh, it's something that really lifts you every day. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's, but I yeah, I didn't. Necessarily feel that same degree of connection with my son early on, and I think because of the intensity of um, yeah. how much I was involved early on, I think that's the difference. Um, well, that which which is
0: absolutely spot on in terms of what you know uh, specialists in evolution would ooh. talk about. You know, it's it's about how much. Of this stuff you're doing, the extent mm. to which you're around and involved. Yes. Yeah. So if if you know if you are if you are in the position of being the primary carer, they will look to you. Yes. More, and um, so I think it is quite tricky for fathers. And and again, this uh, this to me is one of the great unspoken issues of fatherhood is that those first few months and it and it fits exactly with your timing Mm. the sort of first three to four months you're in this kind of limbo yeah where there's no question especially if they're breastfeeding there's no question that you're second fiddle oh Oh, yeah yeah. and so what do you do with that and and uh, because of all the structural stuff that tends to send fathers out of the home yeah um what do most men do with that well we you know we kind of uh swallow it and Mm. get on with life and 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 accept that we're second fiddle and that kind of sets the tone Mm -hmm. all too often for fatherhood moving forward whereas you are in the position of of it feeling like you're laying the foundations for yeah. the next bit, which is where you will kind of step in and mm. uh, become fully equal, if you like. But but it's mm. very difficult to achieve that full equality, for want of a better
1: term, in, in those first few months. Oh, yeah. I, th- I know some fathers do very early on take that primary caregiver role um, and that's you know brilliant if if they're able to I I think the way we've done it has been a gradual process and I've always had in the back of my mind that there's a point at which I will become the the primary caregiver Mm. I think I've been really conscious of you know trying to build as much of a bond as possible so that you know when I am taking over it's not a horrible experience <laughs> and uh, you know yeah. that actually it's it, it, it's fairly easy i'm not under any illusions I'm, i expect there will be a bit of a, there'll be some teething problems to to um Refer back to her actual teething problems, but uh, it's, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah lots of teething problems, yeah, yeah. There'll, be, there'll be more teething problems, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, that will be. And I think I'm, I'm starting to feel more confident now that I'll be able to manage that. Of uh, the way I've, I've recognized a bit of a shift in the way we interact now, um, mm. so that's that's been encouraging because it's been back of my mind that worry of um what if i'm not able to comfort her and then that really would undermine the um dynamic um and it could be a real problem so we're hoping that with with plans in terms of um weaning and so on that that can dovetail um yeah as well as you can. When it's a baby, you have to accept that some things you just can't plan for. But uh, yeah. yeah, that as much as we can plan for things. We have tried to. Yeah, I have to credit Holly with a lot of that. She's she's much more of a planner than I am. So uh, <laughs> I I say yes. That's that sounds like a very good plan. <laughs> uh, it's good uh, to have a at least one planner in the household isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's worth reflecting that most of the time Mark has been putting in as an early caregiver and supporter of Holly's recovery and the caregiving that she does, has been unpaid and delivered while also keeping up with his day job. Mark took two weeks of shared parental leave to follow on from his two weeks paternity leave to give himself double the time that most dads have off work at the start of their baby's lives. But since then, he's been back at work and doing his best to grab moments with the baby whenever he can. That's a model that we take for granted in our parenting leave system, which loads all the leave onto mothers and sends dads back to work without so much as a buy your leave. Research tells us that the time he's been spending with his daughter will in fact have a huge impact. We know, for example, that two-year-olds cognitive development is better and they display fewer behaviour problems when their father's early caregiving or play is frequent, regular, positive in tone or engaged and active. Conversely, toddler problems are greater when their father has been disengaged, remote or critical which is easy to slip into, of course, if you work long and inflexible hours or have an unsupportive employer. You can read more about father's roles and impacts in the first postnatal year in our report, Bringing Baby Home, and our Happy Father's Day series of fact sheets, all of which you can download for free from the Fatherhood Institute website. Mark's story will continue in episode five, where we'll be hearing about how things change when he starts the bigger chunk of his shared parental leave, a full five months of it, and Holly goes back to work. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to keep up with how things develop, and we'll see you next time.